All right. Welcome to the uh, Eric J. The Great Podcast. Got a special uh, guest on the show today, uh, Eastside Boogie. Boogie. Boogie from from Louisville, um, Kentucky. Days a white boy told him when I was down Grayson County, told the people go ahead a cell phone. So like Man. the people first to sell or whatever, they ain't find the phone on me though. But they took a nigga to the hole and shit. But that's where I came up with that second verse. Like I don't write rap, so I just I'm repetitive with it. I just keep saying it over and over until I memorize. Dang, that's crazy. Uh, uh, I had listened to some of your music before, but that that's one of my favorite songs. I listened to that for about two hours yesterday. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, I had that playing on the TV blast. Yeah, I appreciate that. Look, I'm trying to get these subscribers up so they can start getting paid off that shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Once you, uh, I think they said like you gotta have um four thousand watch hours and a thousand subscribers to to apply for that monetization. So that's like yeah. the minimum. See, I didn't even know it was the watch hours. I just thought it was a thousand subscribers. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's four thousand watch hours. Yeah, well, I got the. That's why I've been dropping so much content. You feel me? Like trying to get my, trying to stay in the people's faces, real. And nigga got a new sound. You feel me? A different look. And, and I'm like, I really be chasing that shit, bro. Like, no, no niggas give me nothing on my shit. Like, I ain't got no investors or nothing. Which ain't knocking a nigga who do, but like, I do all this shit on my own, hands on. Oh yeah, but that hey, you'll reap the benefit when 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 it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? You'll uh. It'll feel more rewarding, you know, because you know you spent your own money, you know, when you get where you want to be. Yeah, but it gets to a point, nigga, where it'd be hard not to give up on this shit. You feel me? Like, 
ain't no young nigga. I'm 36. I ain't got too much time to be keep playing with this rap shit. It's like now or never. You feel me? Like I, I got more chicken invested in this than I ever had at one time. So it's like I got to strike these people. It ain't as hard as it used to be though. Like when I first started rapping, niggas had to have like CDs and flyers, and you don't even need that shit no more. As long as you got an internet presence. And, and a good team behind you that's just going to promote that shit and get it where it need to be at and get your music and shit heard, this shit's going to work. It's all about the team. Yeah, absolutely, bro. So uh, we'll uh, start off, man, you know, um, tell the people where you're from and um, and what's the first thing that come to mind, you know, when you hear your city, you know, Louisville? Uh. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, you feel me? Like, Clarksdale Projects, Eastside to be exact. And honestly, when a nigga, uh, if you say, the first thing that come to my mind, you mention my city right now, ESTG. Because, like, dog is handling wax, you feel me? Like, dog is, he's in the position where you feel me, I aim to be. You feel me? Like, nigga handling his thing, handling his business. And that nigga really can rap, you feel me? Like, I don't really get involved in the street politics or what they got going on because I don't know, dude. And what they got going on ain't none of my motherfucking business. But as far as that music and where he's at with his career, you feel me? Like, I feel like he put our city on the map in a major way. Because for the longest nigga started, it was just Kentucky Fried Chicken Deal. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, ESTG, man. Like, his his whole movement within that 2018 to, like, 2019, he just took off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was handling wax. You feel me? Like, Free, free Reek. You feel me? My nigga Rico. Like he, he fuck with ESG, you feel me? I don't know what bro's uh, title would be, whether it be like CEO or A&I or whatever, but I know my nigga like was really involved with that. And Rico, I took Rico to Atlanta with me one time. I went and did a little tour with Mozzie. Mozzie, the only nigga that ever invited me on the tour, but when I took Rico down there, he seen how easy it was. Like, you know, there's some real niggas in this shit and there's some weird niggas in this shit, but like, I'm going to start fucking with the heavy. And he ended up finding an artist, a G fan team. I don't know how it worked, but them niggas made that shit pop organically, you feel me? Like, even Forever Rolling, you feel me? Like, I, I, he used to do a lot of my music, you feel me? From, uh, I want to say, like, anti-rap music, four, I think it's either three, four, and five, something like that. But Young used to make my beats. I used to keep the little nigga with me and shit. But since since he's been in the position he in, you feel me? Like, he don't reach the way I expected him to. That nigga Hollywood, just keep it all with 100. Ain't no... Well, man, that you feel me like, cause I, I still got love for little bro, but like, I ain't gonna chase that nigga bag in the back, no beat. You feel me? Like, I, I get these dealing with niggas on the other platform and shit, but don't forget about the niggas who fuck with you, but nobody fuck with you. You can't, you can't never do that. You feel me? Like, but that's no here, no there, my nigga. Yeah, absolutely, bro. So, like, for the people that ain't never been to Louisville before, you know what I'm saying, and they had Louisville on their places to visit. Uh, tell people, you know what I'm saying, how it is growing up in Louisville, like certain obstacles and things you have to endure, you know, growing up as a kid and as you became an adult. I say like a nigga like earlier, like uh, like three to five, like shit really wasn't that bad for me. You feel me? Like I, I used to be at my Aunt Mary house. That's my daddy auntie. And, like, she uh she from the south end of Louisville, you feel me? Like, but her, her house was my safe haven, her big cousin, my, my big cousin, and she was her kids, and they just used to keep a nigga up to date. I always hung around older kids, but when I started going back home, you know, my mama lived up east. So, like, we lived in the projects, and in the projects, you know, I loved it up there. I ain't going front. I thought that she was fun for real, for real. And so a nigga get older, like, yeah, we live in poverty. But I adapted to my situation. 
And honestly, you feel me? Like, I took the easy route out, like most of us niggas do in the streets. You feel me? Like, when you see your mama struggling and shit, and, and ain't nobody else around there to help, you feel me? You know, RIP, you feel me? There was one time when, when my granny was on crack and shit, you feel me? Like, shit was really rough around my way. Why he's getting cut off, niggas starting school with last year's school clothes. Not saying that, that my mama couldn't provide, you feel me? But, like, it was hard, her doing it all by herself. You know what I mean? For me and my sister, you feel me? So my mama did the best she could do. And, and nothing, if nothing else, nigga, my hustle come from my mama. And my hustle is immaculate, nigga, because I used to watch my mama work several jobs. You know what I mean? Go from McDonald's to the Velvet Rose and come home and go work part-time at a hotel. You feel me? Like, that, that's just the type of shit that my mother's always doing. Like, she ain't got no problem working. But, you know, life's, life's, life's better now, though, because once I came in the door, like, I always made sure, like, my kids don't live in town. I don't want my kids to be involved in the shit that I was dealing with when I was their age. So I moved my kids to, like, I ain't gonna say they necessarily live in the suburbs. It could be like a middle class neighborhood. They don't live in the hood and all that shit. And, and I mean, I feel like the struggle that I went through is is what created me who I am today. You know what I mean? Because without the struggle, you feel me like a nigga ain't gonna really too much learn and every day ain't gonna be no good day. And I feel like mistake is the best teacher. You feel me? A nigga make a mistake and, and it costs you a drastic mistake, whether you be going to prison or losing some money or just anything. A nigga make a mistake, you don't want to do that shit again. So, you know, try not to repeat that. That's, that's the model I live by. Yeah, thanks. I can, I can feel that, bro. You know, I uh, had a similar background as far as, uh, you know, my mom doing it by herself, you know, coming up in a rough poverty area. You know, I'm from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, so yeah. it's kind of rough down there, so uh, I completely uh, understand where you uh coming from, bro. So, like, as far as your household, when you was uh, younger, man, like, did you have a two-parent household? Any siblings? Yeah, I got, uh, I ain't have no two-parent household. I ain't gonna make it like, like my daddy ain't do shit for me when I was coming. Let me see me. Like, my daddy fuck with me to a certain extent, but he the type of nigga to where, like, if you ain't attending to, to him, you know, if it's his way or no way. So if a nigga ain't doing it his way, he'll get on some petty shit and, like, not buy a nigga nothing. Nah. You know, slide out of town with his wife and their kids or some old weird-ass shit and leave me and my little brother Tony behind. But as far as my mama household, like like I said, like, it was what it was. My mama did the best she could. We, we, we made it through every struggle, every obstacle that we ever came through. My mama hopped over that shit. Like, I've been going to juvenile prison and shit since I was 15. And I say one of the hardest things my mama probably ever had to do was was call the police on me. I was out of control. You feel me? She ain't, she ain't had no help. And, and when she did at the time, when she did it, I called my mama a rat and everything. I was mad as hell about that because I was on juvenile probation. And I had ran from them. And my mama had tricked me. Like, we was going to go out to eat. And she took me to my PO office and they locked me up. Like, at the time, I hated my mama for that. But, like, when I got older... I realized, like, shit, my mama did this so, so she can save a nigga. Like, I was blind. You feel me? Around this time, I'm probably 16, 17, getting high on zanies and shit, taking 10, 15 zanies a day, drinking syrup, smoking weed, I'm in the street selling crack, but the nigga's high and slow all day. So my mama felt like me going to that juvenile prison was going to save me versus just staying in them projects. But even when I get out of, out of the juvenile prison, I went right back to the projects. Like the, the only reason why nigga ain't in Clark's the other day is because it's torn in. Like if that motherfucker was up, I'd be in the projects right now. That's my hood. That's where that's where I get the love at. That's where they fuck with me at. 
I mean, it's your people's people. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel you on that, bro. Like, um, so as far as like you uh going to prison, man, like what effect like um that you can say that had on you like positive, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, especially going at a young age, because a, a person could really like positive even positive effect. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like as far as like uh effect in general, you feel me? Because like, you know, like if a person go to a prison at a young age, that could really like, you know like just basically like strike them out you know what i'm saying they might just Nah, i don't believe it because like it's this is my thing like i i i ain't have one good day in prison nigga prison miserable whether it's juvenile prison or no i mean uh adult prison that shit whack as hell it's boring all day niggas lie all the goddamn time and you can't shake these niggas you might live in a two-man cell or some old weird shit like the the only thing that i can really say came positive from me going to prison is like, you know, it's a war in the streets, you know, me going to prison, it kept me alive. I, I hated that shit, though. Like, I missed pivotal years of my kid's life. Like, my granny died when I was like, the, like, that shit crushed me. Like, my granny was close to me. Like, prison shit is not where it's at, man. Like, I'm, I'm fucked with it, and I hate rat ass niggas. That's why my, my first five mixtapes was called Anti-Rat Music. You know what I mean? Cause I just not with that red shit. Every time I every time I go to prison, every time I go to prison, no, that's not true. Every time I go to prison, the nigga lose everything. The nigga come back home to zilch. It ain't it ain't never like a nigga come home loaded. I'll run a bag up and, and get booked, nigga, and come home to make things. And nigga, the last time I was locked up, I was in prison for nine months and a hundred thousand dollars, grew legs and walked. I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened to it. It's gone though. Hold on, real quick. Let me tap, let me let me meet this real quick so I can tell my brother something. Yeah. Yo. Yo. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So like um as far as like when you was a younger kid, man, what type of um activities you was in? Like did you play sports or anything? I yeah, I used to play football. Bro, oh, was you was you pretty good at football? I think I was here when I played football. I used to play for the yellow jackets, the uh the Muhammad Ali yellow jackets. Then I uh I had a little scholarship at a school called Trinity. In Louisville. Okay. And it, uh, it's like, it's an all boys school or whatever. Like, my daddy didn't want me to go to the school because it's like if a nigga graduated from Trinity, I mean, a nigga got a good chance of going to a D1 college, you feel me? Like, living life a little better. But I had real long braids at the time and they wanted me to cut my hair. And my dumb ass, like, fuck that shit, I ain't cut my hair. So I passed up a lifetime opportunity. Over some damn braids, you feel me? Like, like I said, my mom ain't really have enough structure around this time. I was this is around the time I started selling drugs. I'm getting out of control, low key. So, 
I bucked it. It ended up going to the school called PRP. PRP Children's Park. And I uh I broke my finger like the third or fourth game. I ain't played football since, but I played uh tailback and cornerback. Okay. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's up. So as far as your family, man, did you have uh anybody in your family that was involved in the uh, music business or anybody that was close to you that was in the music business? Nope. I learned how to rap by my corn by last daddy. Like when, when, I, when I did used to be a running nigga, you feel me? Taught me how to ride a melody. Like I ain't going to take that away from it. That nigga taught me how to rap. But I just put my own little story with it. Like my nigga funny, he called himself Big Bobby. Now I call him Bubba. But me and my nigga gutter started rapping in the projects in the basement. Like they had a laundry mat. And they're like on the washer and dryer, we would just bang on them shits and just freestyle from the time we was kids all the way up until present time. Like, like Brawley, like that's my A1, you feel me? My A1, like real tight. Like me and dude and Dr. Porsche together. The first time we hit the yard, we were together. The first time we did together anything, it was, it was always us, you feel me? Like this shit's called uh, Brawley Music Group, Black Marketing. And my sis AMK Music Group, my kids is, I mean, my sis after my kids, Antonio McCann Kamari. That's the initials. Like, I ain't gonna, if I ain't gonna go no harder for them shit, what's the point of going hard for anybody? Okay. So you I were. Two more, two there. <laughs> oh, what, what'd you say? What'd you say? Oh, no, 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 no. I no. said, I got two. Like they, they not my biological sons, but I love them little niggas like they are. And I take care of them like they are, the Jerry and Kobe. Like Kobe, the nigga always been my videos with the dreads and shit. Like he's fucking me. Like that's that's the baby E seven that comes to the music. Like him and my kids, the reason why I still rap for real shit, because I honestly gave up on this shit when I came home. Like I'm looking at the music and all the people that I'm like, this shit gonna take a lot of work. So my first two months out, I ain't go do shit. I went to the studio probably. Twice when I first came home and I dropped wood, I couldn't catch a bath for shit. And the cops were so, so you would say your dad was the one that led you to the music? That nigga taught me how to rap. I, I led myself to continue to do the music. Like, I, my daddy ain't never been to the studio with me. And I've been rapping in the studio for like 15 years. Like, I could send this nigga a song right now. He gonna say that motherfucker weird. Dude, weird as hell. I don't knock that nigga never. That nigga just weird as hell, bro. I don't fuck with all these, man. Oh, yeah. I feel you. That's, uh, I feel you on that, bro. So, like, um, growing up, man, who was your favorite uh, artist growing up? Like, who you looked up to, like, far as uh, artist-wise? Favorite. Growing up, my favorite artist was Lil Wayne. Like Weezy, Weezy was a nigga when I was coming up for hot boys. That's who I fucked with. Cause it was around the time I hopped off the porch, but like Weezy really influenced me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when was your first time going to the studio? Uh, the first time I went to the studio, me and Broly went in like uh, I want to say like two thousand. I say like 2004, like either 2003 or 2004. Okay, and how, how old was you around that time? Uh, sure thing, early 20s, probably like 21. Maybe like 20, 21, somewhere around that age.
Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Yeah, like 2021. God damn this motherfucker fire ain't. I'm sick of this motherfucker. Yeah, man. We on the um fuck it to the third. Okay. These ain't, it's ain't live or nothing. It's... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I just paused it. I had paused it while you dropped off. Yeah, I didn't know it was live. It's cool. Okay. Yeah, man. So, like, uh, where where did your rap name come from? My, uh, my granny, my granny, and my mama used to call me Boo. You know, I'm just from the east side of Louisville. So I'm from uptown. So I just put the east side of. I, uh, I I changed my little alter ego to bust them for a minute because right before I went to prison, I cashed in on a little jewelry kit, nice little AMK piece, presidential watch and shit. So I started calling myself Bust Them Boo. I more or less changed my image, but like shit, when I got hot and I went on the run, and I knew I went trying to go to prison, nigga, I sold all that jewelry, nigga, in my heartbeat. Like, shit, fuck, I needed some jewelry for all the run. I'm the only nigga running around with an AMK piece, but fuck that change. I knocked that shit for a bag, nigga. It made more off the bag than I paid for the jury. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel you, feel you on that, bro. Like, so when you uh when you first when you first start going to the uh studio, man, like you know when you're doing something that you are uh, passionate about or good at, you know it's a certain point where you uh when you reach that uh get that confidence and that skill to like that you can really pursue it. So at what point did you really feel like, you know, that you, you mastered the rapping and you had that confidence to really like apply pressure on it? I ain't, I ain't necessarily going to say that I mastered rap period because I ain't got no checks in the like shit. I ain't got booked in it. Anyway. I told you that I got majority of my chicken invested in this shit. So like, Oh, like, honestly, bro, when it comes to my music, bro, it ain't, it's just about me, you feel me? Like, I don't really rap about other people's life. I'm rapping about my shit. Like, shit that I do on a day-to-day basis. Like, just putting different little ad-libs and different little songs. Like, I ain't trying to sound like no nigga. I be like no nigga. And I, and I know what I got with the take to really blow with this shit. You feel me? The only thing that got in the way with me was freedom. I mean, with, I mean, not freedom, was prison. Like, right before I went down, like, shit was popping. Like, Mozzie was going to take a nigga on a 30-city tour. I got to do two shows, one in Atlanta and one in Chicago. The show I did in Atlanta, they was fucking with a nigga heavy. I mean, and just think, you feel me? Like, after any nigga do a 30-city tour and you putting up and putting on, the people going to notice you. Like, like I said, back then, bro, I'm running around 50 on my neck. Now, I mean, another 25, 30 on the nigga's wrist, you feel me, with no deal, though. No, no assistance on nothing. You feel me? Then when I'm pulling up to these shows, you feel me? Bag on and probably another fifty to sixty G's. This is just running around money a nigga was told because I know what the music perception is everything. Like it, it was a time where I was riding around in rental cars trying to get niggas to take my CDs, and niggas wouldn't take them even, even though they were free. So when I start, I bought a Camaro. I put some four G autos on it. When I did that, and I rolled up, like, hey, you want one of my CDs? Ah, right, yeah, bro, give me four. Or give me two, you see me? So that, that's when I learned perception is everything. I ain't called it. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's everything, but perception is a good key when it comes to being an artist. You feel like that's better word? 
yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I understand you on that, bro. So, like, as far as our, as far as opportunities, man, like, what would you be open to as far as like opportunities? Would you sign with a major, or would you do a partnership, or stay independent and keep your masters, or how how, how would you go about that? You if the uh, right. Right now, gang, I signed to get my foot through the door. Like, this, this is one of the smartest things that nigga told me one day. Now, I, at the time, it made me feel like I was doing myself for real because I was talking to a nigga who's involved with the music, and he's not involved with the street. You feel me? And he get a nice bag from this. So he's like, uh, he's like, you know, would you sign a 360 if you came about? I'm like, hell no, I ain't signing no 360. He's like, what you mean you ain't signing no 360? I'm like, nigga, you heard me. I'm not signing no 360. You do that, then people get all you, like, you know, anytime you make some money, they make some money. He said, but it's legal money, though. He's like, you in the streets and you sell drugs. So you rather sell drugs versus take a 360 when you're getting booked on a day-to-day, you feel me, for, you know, 10 to 100 Gs, no matter what it is, but it's better than selling drugs, man. And it gave me a different outlook on it. So the next time sign, as long as I got, you know, some, some shit with my creativity and I'm seeing a check and a nigga ain't no slave, I ain't going to let none of these labels make me a slave. I'm cool. I, I do bad over there before I just go sign my life away, though. I ain't caught up on that. I ain't, I ain't in a rush to be famous. I'm trying to get some money off this shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you on that. Like, a lot of people make that mistake, man, as far as, you know, uh, waiting until they the right opportunity come or waiting until they have a little leverage as, um, before signing their life away. And then later on down the line, when they become the, the, that big artist trying to get out of that deal, or, you know, we see it all the time, you know. You said what now one more time? No, I was saying you see that all the time. Like a lot of people will sign their life away, but you know, um, they will uh, when they become a bigger artist. You know, you see them post on Instagram things like that. Them trying to get out of the contract because they were so easy. You know, until uh, instead of being patient and waiting on the right opportunity to come. You know, I mean, a lot of niggas. To me, I feel like a lot of niggas be up and signing <clears throat> their life away because they be broke in real life for real. Like, shit be fucked up. They don't be having no on-hand cash or no extra hustle. Like, niggas be working regular jobs, and then people come with that with their label check. Niggas is going to take it without reading the fine print. Like, I had I had a situation with this with this label called Pure Luxury. It was probably, like, um, I said, like, 2013, 2014. Uh, it's it's a label that was out of uh, Florida, out of Miami, and my uh, my big cousin, she was uh in a relationship with the label CEO. That this nigga smart as hell, like a solid dude. But I knew that this nigga knew more about the business than I do. So when it came time to me signing, I went and got the same lawyer. I went and got a lawyer out of the same firm where his lawyer came from because he sent me a contract and it said the lawyer's name in the firm. You feel me? So I called up around just ask for a different lawyer, you feel me, to, you know, to, to um, help me negotiate this because I knew I didn't have the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I ain't going to say education, but like the, the proper word play. I, I, I knew them people could shoot some shit to me that I didn't understand. Yeah. So I, so I went and got a lawyer. So when I did that, the lawyer like, nah, I don't sign. You feel me? Like if you, if there was a clause, in other words, the paperwork looked like I signed for, I mean, it was something where it looked like I was signed for five years, but really if I signed, I was going to be signed to him for like 10. 
and they bought my domain name. Like my, that's that's honestly why I changed my name to Bust Down Booby too. Because as as Eastside Booby, you feel me? Like if it cracked, like dude on my, he, he gonna try to sell that back to a nigga for anything. So like I ain't really too caught up about the name change either. Because when this shit start popping, popping, my my true fan base already know me as Eastside or Bust Down Booby. Like Bust Down Booby coming back for show, sure, nigga. Like it ain't gonna be too much longer before. Uh, I start dropping chains and shit. I'm just on some some other shit now. Like I'm fresh out. I ain't I ain't fresh out trying to walk through. I'm trying to give me some assets and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable, uh, bro. So like uh how often do you be recording? I go to studio every day. I ain't gonna well, I say at least four to five times a week. I'll I'll be Sometimes the nigga schedule be different, but my my method right now is if I go studio, I try to get in like at least two songs, two single songs and a feature, and then drop a video like once a week to to keep my my fan base with the uh, with content with shit to see. So I said I need to get them subscription. I mean the subscribers up. That's honestly why I'm dropping so much content too. You feel me? It's gonna give the people something to look at. Yeah, you are you sitting are you sitting on a lot of music right now. I probably got about 30 songs. It ain't no whole lot. Like, I got to give me a hard drive filled up. Like, that's the play. When a nigga got hundreds of songs, you feel me, a hundred. If you got a hundred songs, bro, 60 of them motherfucking slammers, that's enough to go on tour for two years, you feel me? Because when you go to them labels, that's all they want to see is your internet presence and what your catalog is like. If you ain't got no backup, you're just going to be a one-hit wonder. Yeah. I've been this shit for a while. So, like, when I go, I swear, I'm a church. I deserve it. So I know I do. And I'm a really tough I'm a to turn my style. My mom and she don't never have to call my mom and call my work. I've been struggling with all my life. You feel me? So when this check comes, book me through my people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to take turns with this shit. You feel me? You get the back end on this show. You feel me? We're going to round it up. At least that's what the goal is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's always uh good when you got that a good um circle of people around you, especially their family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean my family really not big though. That's what it that's what it consists of. Like my, my last name Taylor. We a big family in Louisville, Kentucky and a big family up east. But honestly, like I got cousins and shit that I don't even know. You feel me? Like they may they may know me because of the little internet presence that I got at home. Like we will not big. So if your name ring bells with something, it's gonna it's gonna go through. But like I I'm just trying to focus on my uh what what you call it, intermediate family or whatever. My dudes, my sister, my niece, my nephew, my kids, my shorty. And I got a dog too, and Royce. You feel me? I got a I got a uh a Frenchy fluff. I ain't even a dog nigga, but this dog put <clears throat> worth forty thousand each. So on her first litter, a nigga guaranteed to make a buck fifty or more. Uh, I told you, like I'm trying to get assets, my nigga. I'm trying to get into this eighteen wheeler shit, that box truck shit. Give me a couple properties. Uh, and my shorty got some shit going on. Where she she do something with some lips. I don't know what the fuck it is, but we try and get your lips right too, goddamn it. Lips, eyebrows, shit. Fuck it, we're gonna start the build a bitch program. We're gonna start financing ass, titties, and teeth. I'm putting teeth and titties on bitches. All <laughs> teeth and- yeah, I thought about the uh, 
the box truck stuff myself, man, that's kind of interesting. I know some people that's into it right now that's making money off of it. And I was like, man, that's uh, that's like a guaranteed lick right there. Yeah, you just got to have the time to drive. Like, it's it's all about getting that dispatcher's license, too. Like, I know a nigga in Orlando. This nigga 30. Parking. This nigga parking, like, damn near a ticket every month because he got 12 trucks in dispatch. Wow. Like, but, like, he a Haitian nigga, you feel me? Like, very structured. This nigga smart as hell. But young can really get into that cheese. I think LeBro, like, like 32, 33. Man, that's crazy. So the life you do it the right way. Yeah, that's absolutely, bro. So when you when you uh drop uh when you dropped your first project, uh how was the city embracing you around the time when you dropped that first project? It was more or less wrecked on. Like niggas did niggas didn't take me serious. Niggas thought I was bullshit. Like the key with the hell the city really wasn't that good. I had one video on the whole CD. I didn't even get none of the songs mixed. Me and Barley just went go and just freestyled for a little long. Because I'm talking about we had five minute songs with frivolous freestyling. You know what I mean? But it, it was an experience that I that I never uh that, that I never regret though, because that's how we perfected our crap. We ain't even know how to sing flies, do hooks, and none of that shit. Now, present time, like, I don't write it out. Any music that you ever heard from me, even from anti-red music, one up into present music, I do punchings. Like, ever. I just go out the vibe, feel me? Like, sometimes I can go right in and, and one take that shit and just do my ad lib. Like, uh, you can ask Steve, like, like, I know you did an interview with him, like, niggas love how I do this shit in the uh, studio because Nigga like ADHD for real, and I'll be running around doing 20 different things. But when it's time for me to do my verse, I'm going to get in there and handle that shit. And if, if you get on a song with me and you in the studio and you bullshitting, I'm the nigga that's going to tell you, like, bro, that shit weak. You playing. If I'm dropping some wood, I expect you to tell me. Like, I know every song a nigga, every song a nigga do ain't going to be, you know, a banger. But I, I got tough skin. I like engineers who's going to keep it 100 with me. I don't want one of them niggas who's going to hit space bar in three. Them the niggas who just try and get the money for you from the studio hours. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, bro. So like, what what project would you say that people started to embrace you like around the city? Uh, I say, I say no features. Like, uh, no features is like my uh, no features is my fourth mixtape. It ain't nobody on there. It's just all me. Honestly, you feel me? Like, I did some goofy shit for real because on no features, me and this nigga, it's another nigga from my city named Rich Porter. He was rapping then. This nigga hard, too. Rich Porter, my favorite rapper from the city because this this nigga shit is, is so livid, bro, because when he rap it, you can, you can see the picture. And you know this nigga not lying because you've seen him do this shit. Like, it's a fact. But long story short, me and Rich had did probably, like, five or six songs. And like, bro, was stalling. You feel me? Like, and, and I'm trying to push. You feel me? Like, I'm chasing the, I'm chasing the dream at the time with this shit. Bro was a little more patient than I was. Feel me? And I, and I, I didn't get patient with him. You feel me? So I jumped the gun and just went ahead and cut all of his verses off and put the shit out because he, he, he made me feel like he wasn't fucking with the music. And honestly, when I did that, that was the dumbest shit I could have ever did, bro. Because that nigga hard. If I just would have been patient, you feel me? Built the capital up. And let that shit roll the way I, I Brody had it mapped out. He had he had a lot more structure with that shit than I did, and, and I didn't know. You feel me? Like he he had the same vision that I had, but his vision was a lot more vivid and cleaner. I more or less was just rushing, but like it still ended up turning into like a classical mixtape for me. 
know what I mean? But at the time, I, I thought that was a bet, a good chess move for me, but it wasn't. I, I could have started, and that motherfucker could have been better if Rich was on that bitch. I ain't going to cap. Oh, yeah. You know, I listened to one of your songs uh, uh, earlier with Rich on there. I was like, yeah, yeah, he rap, dog. Like, that nigga reported hard, man. Yeah. And he got... Me like, and then, like I said, a nigga know it ain't no cap in this rap. You feel me? A nigga watch doggy go from battle rapping, you feel me, to, to you know, exit 5B to what he is today. You know, shout out, gang. You know, keep doing your thing, my nigga. You don't even fuck with the music no more. And I'm gonna I'm, I'm get rich out of retirement. <laughs> I, I got Chan one out of retirement. You feel me? I know I can get rich out of retirement. A nigga just gotta have a hot beat, and a nigga gotta be popping that shit. Slow Bucks got him out of retirement to do an action back with. If, if, if Rick drops something and, and they get that feed that it's looking for, it's going to roll. Because Brody really living, you know, what he rapping about. That shit's factual. It ain't no capping it at all. Yeah, all it, all it take, y'all know, y'all get together, y'all get in that studio and start vibing, and he'll, he'll, he'll come back around. Yeah, for sure, especially the nigga got to have a hard beef on him. He's going to slow flow a nigga to death. Silly punch. <laughs> Real. So what would you say um, is the current state of the music scene in Kentucky, man? And uh, do a, a lot of artists in the city collab, like mess with each other? You know what I'm saying? I mean, niggas, niggas fuck with who they fuck with. Like, it, it's a few niggas who, you know, who are crossover and do songs with niggas like me. But right now, the, the music coach is popping, but at the same time, it's a war in the middle of it. You feel me? So, you know, you got niggas that, you know, they doing videos, this and each other's hoods. You know, niggas is dying behind that shit. But again, that shit don't got a goddamn thing to do with these sides. Even like, I don't, I don't choose no sides of none of it. You feel me? I fuck with niggas from all over. You feel me? Like, you know, I'm always going to be East. I'm from Uptown. I'm from Clarksdale. I ain't going to change and I ain't trying to change it. You know, and I, and I fuck with niggas from all over. You feel me? I love my hood. And I'm always gonna love my hood, but when it comes to niggas and they beef, you feel me? I, I've learned to stay out of it and mind my motherfucking business. Cause it, it's been times where I done been in beef, nigga. I done been shot and shit, you feel me? These same niggas from up my way, you feel me? All niggas, and I'm kicking with on a day to day, you know, I ain't do nothing for me. Like one, one of the illest situations I ever went through with my neighborhood, uh, uh, it's chick, you feel me? Named Whisper, you feel me? Like, man, I had, I had mad love for Whisper, for real, for real, because this bitch was solid, you feel me? Like this bitch crying like a nigga. And, and she was loyal to me, you feel me? But, you know, she wasn't ever my girlfriend or nothing. Like, we was just grinding buddies, but, like, we was locked in. We had that one a nigga who, a nigga who we was fucking with, you know, a nigga from my neighborhood. You know, we was fucking with this nigga. He called, and, and he put a plate about to rob me. And then robbery, I tried to snatch the gun out of his hand. And when we got the car, once we got to it, I jumped out the car, you feel me? And I took our running up Clay Street. Her car was parked probably, like, Five or six cars down. Dog knew what car she was in. Cause like I said, the nigga lived with it. He's from my neighborhood. The nigga point the gun at the window. Shorty blasted his ass. She shot the nigga like six, seven times. He fall on the ground. I'm yelling like, you know, pull off. This, this is in the heat of the moment. It's like, you know, panic. You feel me? Pull off, pull off. I guess she was in shock or something. Cause she said, still, she ain't, she ain't move. Dude fired two well shots from the ground and hit her in her face. And she drove off and ran into a telephone pub. So when I'm trying to like, you know, run to get up to get to the whip, dude's getting up off the ground, firing shots. He might fire like one or two shots, then fire. Long story short, you know, she's 100 percent blind to this day for that. And and and, and you know, it, it was a hard pill for a nigga to swallow, bro. Like ain't nobody help me take care of her but my sons. You feel me? And like, you know, my family, like, you know, it was days where 
that shit was rough, my nigga. You know, like having to put eye drops in. You know, just imagine having to being able to see one day and then the next day you can't. And you know, all this comes from some hating ass niggas that I grew up with. You know, niggas that I thought had love for. Me. And, and when they came down to, to me, even trying to slide for me from my hood, wasn't putting me up on. Like they was trying to charge me. Shit. So like they left a nigga with a salty thing in my mouth when they come to that. And then another situation like. I lived in Liberty Green, like Clarksdale was right there first when they tore Clarksdale then they put Liberty Green up. At the time, you feel me, I was married and shit. My uh, my son, my oldest and my youngest son, they was at home. My oldest, my youngest son, my sister, and my uh, my wife's mama, they was there. And me and my wife was gone cleaning up this restaurant or whatever. And when we came back to the spot, you feel me, to go in, somebody slid in, you feel me, it was a home invasion. I mean, uh, like, fuck the money that the nigga lost, but I'll in my neighborhood, from niggas in my neighborhood that I grew up with. Like, you know, they, they put my, they, they changed the dynamic of my marriage. You feel me? Like, before that, me and my wife was A1. We had been together since we was kids, but, like, that, that changed shit up. Like, that scared her. You feel me? Nigga thought they was going to die. And, like, my kids and shit was involved. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, that, that, that hood shit don't really mean too much to me. Like, I love them. I'm going to always rep my hood because that, that's what made me who I am. But I've been years in prison, my nigga, where I ain't getting money order from none of these niggas. A nigga ain't calling, check on mom, dukes, I pull up on a little boobie. Even some simple shit like like a picture. And, and I'm the type of nigga where, like, you know, if, I, if, if I'm out and I know you locked up and I bump into your peoples, I ain't making like I'm going to just give you a million dollars and no shit like that. But I'm, I'm going to kick a hundred or two. You feel me? Even to a nigga who I, I really don't even fuck with. Like, and I, and I know you locked up and I see your people. I'll kick a bet because I know what it's like to be locked up with nothing. I mean, I, I done had them beers. You feel me? Where a nigga had to go beat that chair hard down. You know what I mean? Lock an empty clock on the phone. No tennis shoes. Nigga got state boots on. Standing in the rain to go eat slot. But them days is, is what created the mindset and my hustle. Because when I used to sit down and have to eat that shit, you feel me? Like, it was degrading. Because, like, if I didn't eat it, nigga, I'm hungry. And even after I eat this shit, you feel me, nigga, still hungry. So it's like I had to figure out a way to make sure that no matter what, whether I'm in prison, on the streets, that I'm going to keep some money for him. Nigga, should no grown man ever have zero dollars. If you're a grown man, you got kids, you go to prison, nigga, your daddy duty don't stop me. You better figure out a way to make that shit shape. I paid bills my whole four years I was locked up. I mean, like, Took care of kids. I bought my son a car for his 16th birthday from prison. I've cash out, nigga. For, for me and mine, nigga, I'm a, I'll pump it on the yard if I got to. I done did it. It ain't cute. It ain't nothing to brag about, but just it's it's just what it's just how I am, bro. For my family, I'm willing to sacrifice it all, bro, just to make sure they straight. Yeah, absolutely, man. That kind of um uh, made me think about uh something Boosie said, man, on a um Vlad TV interview about you know, uh, when he was saying, you know, um, people that, you know, he grew up with and, you know, the type of hate and stuff with people from his own hood and stuff, and, you know, he had to separate from them, you know, as he got bigger, he started doing uh, better than some of the people, you know, he grew up with. You said, yeah, you said Bruce was saying he did better than he grew up with. Like, you talking about the interview where he said you got to move out of your own city when you go out, you're going to get killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying hypnotized with hatred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. I watched that before. Yeah, man, that's, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's a powerful story, man. You just told, boy, that's that's crazy, man. Uh, especially uh, old girl, man, because uh, yeah, that's uh, as far as like her getting shot in the face, man. Like that was that was that's crazy, because you know they could they could have went a whole nother way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It definitely could, you feel me? Like, like for the longest, you know what I mean? I was locked in for a while. And, you know, over a period of time, you feel me? Like, so many people, you know, made it like it was my fault that she got shot. Or like, I pushed her in front of the gun. Or, you know, it was a zillion different stories, you feel me? And, and I guess, you know, that she let people turn them against me. I ain't talked to her in years, you feel me? Like, we went through a different situation. But this no here, no, that ain't going to burn my interview up. Going into that, you feel me? Like, you know, I wish her the best, whatever she's going through. I hope that she work out for her. Like, like, I'm so solid to the point with my nigga. When they said she was blind, the first thing I did, nigga, is went to the doctor and told him, like, is it a way I can take one of my eyes out? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, shit, give me one of my eyes. And, like, the procedure never been done. I'm like, shit, hell, like, I got technology for all this shit. I was dead serious, though. Because at the time, I really felt like it was my fault. Like, you know, like I said, it's no here, no there. I wish her the best. She can rap too, nigga. She hard. She definitely hard. But like I said, you know, I ain't gonna burn my shit up talking about them. I just want anybody who I, who I ever had love for, and the nigga got a misunderstanding with him. Like I'm, I'm leaving that shit in the past. Where I said I'm moving on. You feel me? Like I ain't got no hate for no motherfucker. I'm trying to grit it out, man, and get give me a back end, man. Take care of these kids and shit. My son's great. Go college and shit, bro. I got boss up. Yeah. yeah, I can feel that, bro. That that come with uh maturity and and time, you know, being able to uh, have that mindset, you know, because certain stuff get old at a while. Um, at a certain point, you know, especially going back and forth with people and things like that. So, like, um, what's some things you enjoy doing, like when you're not doing music? Uh, outside of music, man, I like gambling. I like playing poker, shooting cards and shit. I mean, I said shooting cards, playing uh, playing poker, shooting dice and shit, but outside of my own recreational time, I like kicking it with my kids more than anything. Like, them little niggas keep me grounded. You know what I mean? They, they, they give me in check without even knowing, like, I got to watch what I do and say around them because all my kids is of age now and they pay attention to everything, like, they they on my every little bumper, you feel me? Like, especially my little youngest son, little Kobe, man. Little Kobe, bad as hell. I ain't gonna say he bad, but like he just he just watched my every move. He can mimic me to a T. And my biological son, Makai, that, that little nigga scared me. That the reason why he scared me, because when I look in his eyes, I see me. And, and and I know I know what I was doing when I was his age, you feel me? So I try to keep him focused, keep him with that badness. And he's a good kid. You know what I mean? Like making it like my sons out here just you no know, fucking up. He doing teenage shit like teenagers do, but, uh, you know, that nigga worries me, though. BJ and Kamari, I mean, yeah, BJ and Kamari, them little niggas is cool. They, they good students and shit. All my kids do good in school, man. I ain't going to take that away from them niggas. No, that's what's up, man. So, uh, as far what's your um, short and long-term goals um, as far as your um, music career and in life in general? Right now, my short-term goal is getting with my music, you feel me? It's like getting all my shit in order, meaning like the day my videos drop, my single drop on Apple Music, Spotify, all that shit, and and, and it do numbers, though, how it's supposed to, you feel me? Not no little 
you know, two, three hundred uh, views a day and a little fifteen hundred. Like I, I need this shit to do numbers, bro. And they got to put these ads and shit behind that shit to make his check go up. Like I'm trying to get some money off his stream. So that's what my short term shit is right now. Like to just get my music shit structured and get my, my machine rolling. As far as long term goes, you feel me? Like I'm trying to stay out of prison for the rest of my life. I don't ever want to go back to prison. But you know, things things happen, you feel me, when you put yourself in a position to go to prison. So that's why I'm trying to Escape the life that I once lived, you feel me, and fuck with this rap shit over anything, and, you know, get this, get this dog shit going, get this, uh, the 18-wheeler shit going, the properties, you feel me, like, whatever, whatever it's gonna take to flip a coin and put my family in a position where they ain't gotta work for nobody else, it's, it's what it's gonna be, gang. And to stay alive out this motherfucker, I'm from Louisville, nigga, niggas get killed, they be like, for real, for real. Yeah. I can I can feel that, bro. So uh, as far as 2022, man, what you got coming in the future? Like you got uh, any features you got uh, you doing on somebody else's song or any upcoming EPs or albums? What you got coming up? Uh, right now, I'm just dropping singles. You feel me? Like uh, I've been recording with Black Steve and Briley. I got a few verses with Player J. But, like, I'm honestly great out of them. Like, I'm going to keep recording with them. But, like, I'm honestly great to just stop, I mean, start taking a whole lot of my verses to the head and just get more singles because, like I said, I got a different type of work than the niggas. You feel me? Like, I'm going to go in there and start crunching shit out on the day-to-day. Uh, I'll probably do a song with this nigga Skiller, baby. He's from Detroit. Like, I fuck with his sound. I like his grind and shit. Uh, I'll probably do a couple songs with Iceberg Vezo, too. Like, I, I knew, bro, when he was, I mean, I know, bro, when he was on the up and up, I would have so then and I'm out here, and he's, he's bigger than ever, you feel me? Like, I'm going to respect it and pay my chicken, you know, give me a few verses out of the game, a few little videos, and pump that shit, and, and just stay down, bro. Like, you know, by the time the summer come, I'm trying to have at least the labels, you know, speaking on a nigga. You got to get your name in the rooms and the meetings, you feel me? But it's all about the who's who's and who knows and motherfuckers, you feel me? Like, a simple co-sign can get a nigga. From from nothing to something like like say for instance you feel me like say if you knew Drake you like look man I know this nigga Eastside Boy Miss Your Heart post this video and he posted it this how I many people gonna follow that shit that day just from a simple post and go listen to it the, the right the right the right feature give a nigga a stimulus package like like G was already killing shit but look how shit turned up for him when he started fucking with Jack Harlow. He started seeing a different fan base. You feel me? Started going to different little spots like Jimmy Kimmel and shit like that. You feel me? It opened up doors for him to put him in the position that he's in now. The win, win, win. Yeah, yeah, facts, bro. Like that right feature, man. It's, it's like that with little baby too, man. Like yeah, yeah. little baby or somebody like that on their son, little baby, ESTG, Drake, like yeah, those. But shit, now, like, them niggas got to like your shit because they want so much money for a fucking verse. And then the video, you feel me? Niggas ain't got that. Niggas ain't. G, I think G probably want, like, a hundred for a verse. Now, I need to get something crazy for a shit. Yeah. That's what I mean by back ends. Like, niggas is getting 60, 70,000 niggas just to go sit in the club. Like, I'm trying to get something that, that'll look good on me. Facts, I can feel that, bro. So, um, um, before we wrap it up, man, like, um, one last question is like, how how do you want people uh to perceive you and or or know you for? Man, I want people to know me, man, for being a hustling ass nigga, a great father of all of this shit. 
before any of this shit, you feel me? A humble beast, you feel me? A nigga that's gonna take care of his peoples and make sure they eat. And, and, and a nigga that's striving to be better every day, you feel me? Doing better every day. My little nigga Aaron would say if he was still alive. And I'm just trying to become a better me, my nigga, and, and show a motherfucker that, that it's a way out. You, you can figure you out a way, my nigga. You know what I mean? Whether you've been in prison or whatever, man. Like mo- most niggas who go down and got records, they just give up and feel like they just got to be stuck in the streets forever. I work a little bullshit job. I ain't working no motherfucking bullshit job. And I ain't going to be stuck in the streets forever. Even if this rap shit don't work. Like I'm smart enough to, to, to create a business, my nigga. It just is what it is. I ain't like, like I said at the beginning of that shit. No grown man should ever have zero dollars. I don't give a fuck where you at, prison or not. Figure that shit out, man. Facts, man. So, uh, any last words you want to say and uh, tell people how they can find you on uh, YouTube, Instagram, all your social media things. Man, see my motherfucking bloods and black Tony, man. Clark still representing, man. Coolest nigga I want to die from Louisville, Kentucky, man. Free him, Z, him, man. Free my nigga Rick, free my nigga Charlie, man. You know, Brody and them got long roads to go, but I'm going to hold them niggas down. I'm going to keep on killing that shit with these videos and shit. Like, subscribe to my channel if you ain't already did it, man. Go check some of my old catalog out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You feel me? He says back, man. And that's pretty much it, my nigga. Okay, man. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the uh, podcast today, man. I've been um, podcasting for two years now. You know, um, um, I started this when I um, retired out the military back in uh, 2020. So uh, I, I do this and I do a little security for a couple people, too. So, like, um, appreciate you coming on. And anytime you got something coming up, or you just uh, – because I don't just do interviews. I get on a podcast and talk about real stuff, too, like child support, police brutality, like fake friends, things like that. So, you know, anytime you want to uh, come on the podcast, uh, you know, you can hit me up anytime, bro, and uh, we can strike up an episode about it. Man, shit, let's do it like this. The next time you're just cooking something together and you're going to have a certain topic and you, and you feel like I'm good for it, just hit me, man. I'm open to do this shit whenever I have. Oh yeah, bro. Absolutely, bro. Like I'm finna um get this what you call it this week, this little uh podcast mixer. So I know yeah. uh next time I know uh uh Snot and Steve then wanted me to pull up on them so like so they can get fresh and stuff. So I was like, you know, we'll do it like some million dollars worth of game type of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah we definitely can do it. I definitely I'm with all up. So shit. Tap in with me. Uh I'm gonna hit you on the line real quick. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna text you. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this uh, concludes another uh, episode of Eric J the Great Podcast. Everybody, go check out Eastside uh, Booby on Instagram, YouTube, all that. Go run them up and go, and go listen to all his music. Real dope artist from Louisville, Kentucky, and tap in with him and hit the DM if you want a feature from. Him. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. I love. Well,